I had no idea Pastor Adam was going to tell that story, but I had in my mind a story that I wanted to tell, and I think it's going to put a smile on your face when you hear the two stories. We live, uh, Anita and I live just out of town, and we live on a gravel road that does not have access to natural gas pipelines, so we have an LP tank outside of our house. It's been there for a couple decades, so it's got this green stuff growing on the bottom of it, you know, a little algae growing on the bottom of that thing. And it's painted brown. And uh, we didn't like that green on the bottom, especially my wife. I didn't mind because it's kind of, I don't look at it. She looks at it. She didn't like that green algae on the bottom. So she went to Home Depot and got this, uh, this spray that you put on with your water hose. You spray it and it kills algae. So she sprayed it, and sure enough, that green just slowly, over time, over a couple weeks, just faded. But you can still see where it was. Because that algae was alive, and it was making that brown thing look bad. But when we sprayed it, it died, and that green algae just kind of dried up and turned into a, a dirty brown look streaking down it. Well, the dirty brown's okay. The green is what wasn't okay. And I thought, that's just like Satan at work in our life. You can kill him. You can kill what he's doing. But he still leaves a shadow. And that shadow will be there the rest of our lives. And in some ways, that's good. In some ways, it's not. In some ways, we need some deliverance. So there's a, a verse here I want to draw our attention to in Second. Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. He says, In order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Or maybe we are unaware of his schemes. I thought it would be good for us to take this week and next and look at the schemes, the strategies that Satan uses against us. Against us who are Christians, the strategies that he uses. So we're going to look at ten things. We're going to look at five of them this morning, the next five, next Sunday morning, and you'll have the ten. So we need to know how he works. Otherwise, we won't recognize what he does. You know, there's a lot of phone scammers out there trying to call you and I up, trying to get our money, uh, and it's just a scam. We're not going to get what we think we're getting. Uh, and... It's a it's good thing to know how they work, how they function, because salespeople are there to sell you something. And you need to know where to draw the line. Like when they ask for your social security number or your bank account, that's where you draw the line. Nothing's wrong with a good sales pitch, but you need to know when you're being snookered. And we need to know when we're being snookered or outwitted, as Paul says in the NIV, by Satan. So, here's the first of the five that we're going to look at today. If you want to write this down, you can. He is the father of lies. That's how he works. A lie is a deception. He is the father of lies. Listen to what Paul said in John chapter 8, verse 44. You belong to your father, speaking to the religious Pharisees. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. 
for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. What was the very first words that's recorded in the Bible from Satan? It's found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Satan says, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? That's a deception. It's based on truth, but it's not truth. Satan doesn't get God's grace. He doesn't understand it. So he can quote God, and it will come out skewed every time. So whenever Satan whispers in your mind, whispers in your ear, it's deception always because he doesn't know the truth. What are the second words that come from Satan? It's found in Genesis 3 verse 4. He says, you will not certainly die. It's in your Bible. That's recorded for us to learn so that we would not be unaware of his schemes, of his strategies. He's a liar He speaks untruth to us, but it'll sound like truth because it's just skewed just enough. That's the way he works. He doesn't understand spiritual truth like we do or should. He just doesn't get it. So everything that comes from him is going to be warped, deception, perverted. It will be based on the truth, but it's not the truth. Remember that. Three things I want us to remember about liars. Number one, liars are convinced of the lie. This is why they're so deceptive. They're convinced it's the truth. And so they can be very persuasive with their perception of the truth. You see, God does great things in this world through people. He limits himself to only working through people. And Satan is his counterfeit. And so he knows he can't do anything in this world except through people. So if he can deceive us, if he can get us skewed just a little bit off track, he knows he can do what he wants to do and convince us of the lie that God really doesn't love us, that God really doesn't answer prayers. We really can't trust him. This is what Satan tries to put in our heart. And every one of us in this room have wrestled with those thoughts that Satan has tried to instill that in us. Here's the second thing about liars. Liars use worldly logic, not spiritual truth. The word says, lean not to your own understanding. Why? Why? Why should we not lean on our own understanding? I mean, we're pretty smart people. We've been around the block a few times. We've learned about life. Why should we not trust our own understanding? Because Satan whispers in both ears. He's constantly trying to distract us. He's constantly trying to trick us, take away the word of God that will change us, that will make us the people he wants us to be. So he's a deceiver. Here's the third thing about liars. Liars attempt to control others with a lie. This is one of the things that just makes me want to pull my hair out about Facebook because everybody wants to be relational. Everybody wants to communicate. We want to share our thoughts, our good news. And I'm all for people sharing their views on politics. I'm all for that. 
I would like to do that. This isn't the platform for me to do that, but you take me out for a cup of coffee or a piece of pie and I'll give you my opinions. <laughs> but when we feel like we've got to spin a lie to get people to follow what I think is the truth, that's wrong. That's the work of the enemy. And the church is being seriously divided right now over lies that make us feel good. I want to hang on to the truth. Don't tell me what a candidate said. I want to listen to what the candidate say it. All right, I'll get off that. All Satan can do is inspire us. He cannot make us act. He inspires me to be very angry sometimes, but he can't make me act. I do that on my own. So I've got to have a filter to filter out the truth from error. And I can't, I can't get all excited about anybody's error. I want to hang on to the truth. I want to be a representative of God in this dark world. Here's the second thing, the second strategy Satan uses. He masquerades in a costume of light and righteousness. Listen to this from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 through 15. For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. Wow. We all know what masks are, don't we? Uh, we don't like masks. None of us like masks. But we got to wear them certain times because we care about each other. And we want to get in the Home Depot. <laughs> Let me share three scriptures with you that elaborate on this, uh, this masquerading in a costume of light and righteousness. Here's, uh, here's the first thing. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says... That in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Come on. Doctrines of demons. In the latter times, some people, spiritual leaders, church leaders, are going to adopt and teach doctrines of demons. What is a doctrine of demons? The Bible doesn't tell us what those doctrines are. Doctrine simply means this is what we believe. It's a statement of our faith. That's what a doctrine is. Doctrines of demons are practicing what Satan believes. And Satan is the opposite of God. Everything God does, he does just the opposite. So my first point in my notes are from the inside they teach doctrines of demons. Looking like the good guys. Probably a lot of these people know how to put on the religious garb, religious attire. They look real spiritual. But they're teaching demons, doctrines of demons, the opposite of what the Bible says. 
We live in an, an enlightened time. You know, people, people want to think we're not stuck in the past and superstition. We should move on into the future. But you can't move into the future and leave the word out. God has established certain things are right, certain things he will bless. Other things are wrong and he will curse. I don't want to have curses in my life. I want to line up with the Word of God, whether I like it or whether I don't. My Word's my foundation. Once you lay a foundation, then you can build on it. Amen? Amen. Here's the second scripture about masquerading. Matthew 7.15 says, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you dressed like sheep, but inside they are vicious wolves. Dressed like sheep. Vicious wolves on the inside. Watch out for those sheep. They bite. Watch out for those sheep. They won't help you. They will hinder you. Here's the third scripture. Acts chapter 20 verse 30 says, Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after themselves. Wow, that's scary. I've, uh, I have a unique experience. I've been involved in this church and its forerunners since about 1972. I was first invited to come to this church when it was the Waterloo Church of Christ because there was this good-looking young lady that went there <laughs> named Anita. And we've been coming ever since. We've seen a lot of changes in this church. A lot of people come, a lot of people go. And I have watched this principle. When, when uh, I've seen it happen numerous times in our church. When somebody comes and they're so excited, they love our worship, they love our fellowship, they love Pastor Deal's preaching, and they're all excited about it. But as the time goes on, they turn sour it's the same worship, it's the same preaching, but they turn sour. And the next thing you know, they're out in restaurants talking to people, criticizing our church, criticizing Pastor Deal, making big mistakes. And what are they doing when they say those things at the restaurant to other people? What are they doing? They're spreading their poison. And the next thing you know, the people they're talking to are gone. How do I know this happens? Because I call up the people that have left and I ask what the problem is. Well, I talked to so-and-so. Aha. There's the wolf in the sheep's clothing. Somebody who's so spiritual, they know more than anybody else. Watch out for that attitude. I've seen it numerous times. Okay. Here's the third thing about Satan's strategies. He deceives by counterfeit power. He is powerful. Did you know that? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9 in the Amplified Version says, The coming of the Antichrist, the lawless one, is through the activity of Satan, attended with great power, all kinds of counterfeit miracles, and deceptive signs and false wonders, all of them, Lies. 
Now, I checked this, this verse out in several different translations, and most translations uh, trans, you, use the, the phrase all power, that he has all power. Well, the, the Greek word, the original word for all power is omnipotent. Omni, all, potent, power, omnipotent. God is omnipotent. He has all power. Satan is not omnipotent. He has all kinds of power, all kinds of tricks, all kinds of deceit, all kinds of ways to get us off track, to get us to not believe God's word, God's promises. He's got all kinds of tricks. But he doesn't have all power. He can influence me, and he's done it. He can influence you, and I'll guarantee you, he has done it. But he can't make you act. He cannot make you act. He can trick me into getting angry with somebody, but he can't make me punch him out. He can't make me tell another lie to balance their lie. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to play into his hands. I want you to have the same kind of attitude there. Counterfeit, according to Webster's Dictionary, means made in imitation of something else with intent to deceive. Satan's intent is to deceive us so we will give up on God, so we will give up on the church, so we will give up on other people. He wants us to quit. Just give up. I'm not giving up. I'm standing my ground. I'm hanging on to the territory God's given me. He can influence me, but he can't make me act. So a counterfeit is deception. A counterfeit looks like the real thing, but it's not the real thing. It has promises attached to it, but those promises will never come to pass. Secondly, a counterfeit means not real. If I have, if I have a $20 bill, matter of fact, I do. I have a $20 bill in my wallet. I could take that into any store I want and buy $20 worth of merchandise with that $20 bill because it's real. If I had a counterfeit $20 bill and I tried to pass that off at a store someplace... They'd have me hauled off to the Hooskow. Right? It's counterfeit. It's not worth anything. I can't even buy a meal at a restaurant with a counterfeit $20 bill. It's not real. It has a promise. But there's nothing to the promise. It's hollow. And thirdly, counterfeit implies it is real. It looks like it's real, or it wouldn't be called a counterfeit. So Satan masquerades as he's the good guy. We see this in America on the news every night. People masquerading as the good guys, destroying property. But we're the good guys. We have a good cause. It's a counterfeit. It's not the real thing. All right, here's number four. I got I to move on. Number four. The fourth thing Satan does, his strategy, he tempts us to compromise 
our values. He tempts us in that. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, Paul says, But I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Satan wants to get us to compromise our values, compromise our beliefs. And three things you got to do. Here's the first one. He tries to get our eyes off Jesus. Jesus is the Savior. He is our hope. Don't get your eyes on Pastor Deal. I'm not the Savior. One of these days I'm going to die and be gone. Jesus will always be here. He wants us to get our eyes off Jesus. He wants to point out to us the hypocrites in the church. And I'll guarantee you there are some hypocrites in this church. There are hypocrites in every church. There's never been a church that didn't have some hypocrites. Hypocrites are simply people headed for glory that haven't got there yet. God's doing a work in there. God's not finished with me yet. He's not finished with you yet. So, here's the second thing. He wants to, to get us, get our pursuit off righteousness. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you. But I'm afraid the church has been deceived and we think we can chase after the things. God's promised us these things. No, he promised us these things if we will seek his righteousness. I think his righteousness is one of the last things the church is seeking. And it's righteousness that leads to gain. It's worldliness and seeking after things as if we have greed in our heart that keeps it from us. And here's the third thing that Satan does to tempt us to compromise. He wants us to put our hope in worldly gain. And somehow thinking that if this one person gets elected president, then all our problems are going to go away. He tempts us to compromise. Let's go to number five, because my time's about gone. Number five, he steals, kills, and destroys. He steals, kills, and destroys. Satan's plan for the rest of the year 2020 is to steal, to kill, and destroy. John 10.10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and and that they may have it more abundantly. He wants us to have life and more abundantly. He wants us to be able to lay our head down on our, God wants us to be able to lay our head down on our pillow at the end of every day. And go right to sleep. 
instead of laying there thinking about all these problems. How am I going to solve this? How am I going to deal with that? He wants us to go to sleep. He wants us to be people of peace. God gives life more abundantly. Satan takes it away. He wants to steal our peace. He wants to take it away. That's his purpose. So you have to be faithful to win. If you want to win, you got to be faithful. I mean, listen to what Jesus said, Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. He says, Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you'll suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. That's a promise. But we have to be faithful. Satan wants to deceive us, so we drop our faithfulness. How many people do you know, personally, do you know, who would tell you that they have said a prayer and accepted Christ as their Savior, and they have confidence they're going to heaven, but they don't go anywhere near any church, any place. They don't serve God in any capacity. They just believe. That's sad. Satan has tricked us to put our weapons down. To leave, to leave our armor sitting there. He has deceived us. I don't want to be deceived. I want to be a winner. So, how do we wrap up all this bad news? I got a good news verse for you. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. The person who practices sin belongs to the devil. Because the devil has been sinning since the beginning. God's son appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. He didn't come to stop the works of the devil, which I wish he would. He came to undo it. It's the Greek word luo, and it means undo. It does what that undo button on your computer does. It goes back a step as if, it, as if you hadn't done what you just did. Let's stand together. No, wait, wait, wait. wait. I'm changing my mind. If you can look at your life and recognize that Satan has been working on you, I want you to stand. You recognize there's been some deception here. Satan's been doing his dirty tricks. Thank you. I want to pray for you in just a minute. Those of you that are standing. We see this cartoon character sometimes where there's a little demon on one, one shoulder dressed in black and red whispering in one ear. And I got this little angel on the other shoulder dressed in gold and white whispering in the other ear. The one side's the good news, the other side's the bad news. We kind of smile when we look at that image. But isn't that so true? The devil's whispering in one ear, and the Holy Spirit's whispering in the other. 
and I get to be the judge and I get to be the one who decides who I'm going to listen to. Heavenly Father, I pray right now for the men and women that are standing. Men and women who have heard this word and you have prompted them. You have spoken something. They have seen something happen they didn't recognize, but they see the results of it. They see the effects. And they're standing because they want to reverse that. They're standing because they want the work of the devil to be undone. And so I'm going to pray right now, Father. We're going to pray together for these that are standing. In the name of Jesus, Satan, you've got to let them go. They're standing before God. They're buying into the promises of God. They're rejecting your promises, Satan. So right now, Father, we're, we're, we're just committing ourselves to you. Help us to recognize the truth. Help us to hang on to your promises. Help us to not be deceived and buy into the lie. But Father, help us to embrace your truth. Show us what the truth is, God, so we can walk in your grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.